Far off, in the distant skies of worlds unknown, there flies a ship called the Kurgan. Aboard, some of the toughest sons of guns for hire this wild universe ever knew. They are the Misery Loves Company. Following their success in the first level of the Gladiator Planet's ever-ongoing murder games, Ahab, Bernie, and Fork were trapped in an unfair fight. They now attempt to enact their plan of escape. All right, suckers, let's wrestle! Aim for those living rocks first! That's right, you Freudian butt plugs! Aim for the big guy! What are you, scared? I'll eat the whole lot of you! Bernie charged ferociously at the three on the other end of the dusty arena. They met at his charge with a battery of gunfire as Ahab and Fork both hid behind some of the cover that littered the stadium. Did we get him? Oh no! My one weakness! Bullets! Oh, woe is my gargantuan body! You have slain me! Bernie the living mountain! Please follow the plan, please follow the plan, please follow the plan. Now that you've bested my physical form, you must now face the wrath of my soul! Bernie, with a mighty roar, finally let Clyde out of his stomach, where he'd been hiding armed with his favorite gun for hours. Surprise, assholes. Clyde filled the stadium with his seething hatred for being stored inside of Bernie's massive, unwashed body. <laughs> Clyde. That was the coolest thing I ever seen in all my days. Keep watching. This gun show lasts a lifetime. This is what happens when you follow the plan. <laughs> Whatever. It was my idea to eat, Clyde. Your thing was way dumber. Whatever. Check those guys. See if any of them have a radio or anything at all that we can use to contact the Kurgan. Hmm. This guy did. Bring it here. We need to get in touch with the Kurgan before they send more. <laughs> I'm betting on too late. Right you are, Bernie. This is the end for you. Oh, man. Uh, can I uh, unleash the fury now? Yeah, Fork, you unleash the fury. I'll try to get a signal out to the Kurgan. Keep them off of me. Ahab set to work on the radio as Bernie, Fork, and Clyde took positions around the door. Me and uh, Fork's a hero bash them as they come in. You take care of the rest of those ragamuffins, all right, Clyde? Affirmative. Like we always say. Kill them all. And let God sort them out. <laughs> a moment of silence swept through the arena. Behind the sealed doors, they could hear a flurry of activity. I hear a flurry of activity. Let them come. I'm ready. Wish I'd have ate a... Holy shit! 
Fork and Bernie heroically defended the door. Bernie soaked up most of the gunfire while Fork clubbed anyone who made it past him. The gladiators were armed with swords, guns, fire, and the bones of the deceased. Anything they could find. Ahab worked frantically on making a connection to the courier. Uh, hey, uh, eat it, you Pac-Man. They're gonna blow off my whole entire body if you don't hurry, Ahab. You needed to lose weight anyway. What? Fury! Oh, doggone, they're breaking through the walls. Ahab! I need more time! Just then, Bullhorn entered the arena through the now-blown-apart side wall of the stadium. Cease there! Ahab! Where are you? Clyde disappeared in the crowd, turning to smoke and slinking over to Ahab. Finish this for me. 10-4. I know you're still alive! Come on out! Here I am. Hey, hey, hey. So, I just want to apologize, alright? It looks like everything's gotten... I'm on the wrong foot today. But, Ahab... You and your people, I can't let you leave this planet. You're worth too much dead. Tell me who paid you. Out of the question, I'm afraid. (laughs) Let's just say they're very eager to see you off. In every sense of the word. Well, I guess a good portion of them at least. We don't take bribes. Do we, gladiators? Sometimes we accept large, billion-dollar donations from good, morally sound, upstanding citizens who just want to watch someone they truly despise get sliced into beads of pies. <laughs> and I have to say, we've never, ever had money like we have for you. Three, as far as I can tell, entirely uninteresting morons. I'm going to kill you myself, A.M. As a favor to our longtime friend Gerber, whom you dispatched in a very unethical manner, I have to say. Fat chance of that, you gangly walrus. What I want to know is... Why? I'm popular with women. With a face like that? Come on. I looked you up. You used to be pretty high up in the triple sevens. Maybe you killed the wrong planet? I saved planets. I'm afraid that's not exactly what the Triple Sevens are known for these days. You want to fight? Let's go. You want to talk? I'm going to get my friend Bernie there to eat your head. Fine. Take the sword. Ahab took it, inspected it, and faced his opponent. Any one of my people interferes with this, and I'll have the Union dock your pay for two weeks. Bullhorn, nearly as large as Bernie, approached Ahab with careful steps. Ahab took a tentative step towards him as well. He held the sword carefully, pointing it towards Bullhorn. Before you die, I'm gonna find out what you did. Ahab took a slight swing at Bullhorn's belly. Maybe before you die, you'll tell me who paid you. Maybe it's a deal. 
Bullhorn swung his silvery blade down at Ahab's head. <coughs> Ahab jumped to the right, now balancing himself carefully with all four of his arms extended. Bullhorn jabbed again, and again, Ahab ducked and dodged him. You're fast, but I won't fall for your robot-o-black curver. Ahab lunged at Bullhorn, aiming for his exposed chest. Bullhorn blocked it with a swing of his own and parried it with another downward slice. Ahab was cut off balance and ducked too far, falling to the ground. A weakness. All of a sudden, Ahab felt himself staring into the past. He saw a figure he hadn't actively thought of in ages, staring down at him with golden, unfeeling eyes, pointing a blade directly at his skull, its dark voice saying, Weakness, weakness, over and over. A long day from another life. When Ahab realized what he was remembering, it was too late to dodge the next blow, so he tried to catch it with his robotic arm. Luckily for him, he succeeded. Unfair speed! Bullhorn pressed down hard on the hilt of the sword, trying to drive the blade beyond Ahab's hand into his back. <clears throat> Ahab held on with all the strength he could muster. He grabbed the blade further with a good hand, and that one felt the pain. That one bled. Good! Good! Ahab pushed up with all his strength, rolled, and released the sword. Bullhorn's sword was driven into the arena floor. He struggled to pull it back when Ahab jabbed at one of his thick legs. <clears throat> Bullhorn collapsed. Ahab pointed his blade at Bullhorn's neck. Our deal! You haven't beaten me. Ahab pressed the blade into Bullhorn's neck, just enough to draw some blood. Who? It was... (laughs) Bernie, I swear to God! Before any of Bullhorn's men could react to his death, Clyde managed to summon the Kurgan... The ship blew a hole in the ceiling of the arena and dropped down its second escape pod. Chaos reigned as gunfire erupted all around them. Company members Ahab, Bernie, and Clyde, please escape with me. Don't try to tell me twice. Come on, Clyde, Fork, we gotta go. Oh, golly, where'd he go? They swarmed him. Come on. Oh, wait, hey, I can get to you. The boys jumped into the life raft's open doorway, leaving Fork behind. Wait for me. Oh, man, wait up, guys. There's too many dudes. I can only kill so many! Sorry, Fork. That's what you get for selling us out, you... You butt plug! (laughs) Man, did you just call Fork a butt plug? Yeah? Lame. <laughs> yeah, boy, you sound like an idiot, butt plug. What? I can't believe he called Fork a butt plug. What kind of dumb insult is that? I'm not gonna kill you, I swear to God. I'm gonna die laughing. Look at him. All four of his little waggly arms out and everything. He shouted it in front of like 500 dudes. You, you butt plug. <laughs> What an idiot! Why did you kill him? Man, it was a kill steal. He was telling me who paid to have us killed. You... Oh my god, I need to sit down. Oh, man, I didn't think about that. I'm sorry, Ahab, did he say anything at all? Just leave me alone for a minute, please. He was gonna lie about anyway, probably. I said leave me alone. Sorry. Company member Clyde, there is a message on your console. Work, work, work. Kurgan, report. Did you take any damage during that stupid encounter? Negative. 
all systems running comfortably, except for the secondary life support systems which were broken before the attack. As well, we are now limited to one life raft as the gladiators captured our other. Life support, escape ships, who needs them? Clyde sat down in the pilot seat and breathed in deeply. Despite his physical body's smoke-like transformation, he still found that he occasionally needed to rest. In short, it felt good to be back in the Kurgan. Kurgan, play the message over General Comms, please. It is from 777's Mercenary Army Warlord Bagna. Status, normal priority. So... I don't know what happened to you guys, but your ship just went dark. Are you dead? If so, please don't respond to this message. Thanks. See if you can get back in touch with her. Alright, do you know if- Ship approaching, collision, or capture imminent. Oh my god, I am going to jump out the airlock. Another attack? But the company just caught their breath. With their backs to the wall, what choice do they have now but to fight? We'll find out what their new enemies are in episode 4, Under the Gun, or My Hand on My Head. The Misery Loves Company is written, directed, and produced by Morgan Stewart and stars Derek Huss, Katie Pappas, Jake Roberts, Ryan Sheehy, and Morgan Stewart. Guests in this episode included Caitlin Sabet and Will Vogler. Music is provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com.